Joe, you had a dream last night, didn't you? Weird one? I think you did. Yeah, it was pretty strange. What happened? So I dreamt that my neighbor's cat came over and, like, popped off a hairball all over our kitchen floor. It was, like, the size of another cat. So I, I picked that up and threw it away, and then I ended up having sex with uh, Anne Hathaway. The Adam Crowley Show on ESPN Pittsburgh. Coming to you live from the terrace on 5th above Buford's Kitchen, right next to PPG Paints Arena, this is the Adam Crowley Show on ESPN Pittsburgh, 970 AM, 1063 FM, where you can find us on your iHeartMedia app. I am Matt Geica from DK Pittsburgh Sports, filling in for Adam, happy to do so. Hey, as I told him, I'm going to be down here anyway for Penguins Jackets at 7 o'clock. We're taking you right up to Puck Drop. In fact, and as a result, we'll have plenty of hockey talk here, especially our middle hour. Vince Comunale of the Fischler Report, rather, and plenty more will join me from 5 to 6. But we're going to start with a healthy heaping of Steelers on this holiday Wednesday. And yeah, it's still a holiday for me. It's a weird week, obviously, with uh, Christmas over with, but New Year's on the way. I always find this week, I don't know what day it is, I don't know what time it is, I knew that I had to get down here for the hockey game, though, and happy to fill in, as I mentioned, with Adam Crowley. Here on site with Joe Rokicki and Brian LaMartina back in studio, so thank you to you boys for hosting me for the next three hours. Drive time if you are working today, which I know many of you aren't, judging by the utter lack of traffic downtown. I'm not complaining about that one bit. So on my way down to the arena, I was nearly blown off the sidewalk it is hockey weather, easy to get into the mood for that. And easy to get into the mood for playoff football, isn't it? And it's time to start thinking about that, if you weren't already, if you are a Steelers fan. And a reminder that you can call in. This is Interactive Sports Talk Radio, if you want it to be. Area code 412-922-2874. That's 922-2874. Talk Steelers, talk Pens. Hey, talk Pirates if you want. Talk Robert Morris hockey. They'll be playing here this weekend in the Three Rivers Classic. Friday and Saturday, the Colonials go for three wins in a row there. I'm game for pretty much anything. You want to talk Star Wars? I just saw The Last Jedi last night, so don't worry about spoiling anything for me as I try to come to terms with all that happened (laughs) uh, in the theater. As for the Steelers, it's been really good theater all season long, hasn't it been? And you will never complain, at least not this year in the year of our Lord 2017, about a lack of things to talk about with the local football club. Here they stand at 12-3. and They're a win away from getting that uh, that first round by. Well, they already clinched it, but they're a win away from getting to that by and resting up and uh, hopefully, for their sake, getting Antonio Brown back on the field. Brown voted team MVP this week. It's a weird week, isn't it, because they're going into playing the Browns again. I wish the NFL would find a way to not make the Browns Week 17 every year. It is rather tedious because there's never anything at stake. Maybe that'll change in a couple of years for the Browns' sake. I certainly hope so. But all we have to talk about this week is how much will the Steelers starters play at Heinz Field on Sunday. And also, well, there's the sideshow, as there always is with this team this year, as I said. James Harrison off to New England. And we'll get into that later in the hour. Marquise Pouncey had some really incendiary things to say from the Steelers' locker room after practice earlier today down on the south side at the Rooney Sports Complex. I want you to listen to those comments in full. It's about two solid minutes of rather compelling audio. 
And uh, I'll get Adam Crowley's perspective, too, in just a little bit. He'll be joining us at 420. We're going to discuss how much the Steelers should be offended, if at all, by Harrison signing with the Patriots, how much they should have been surprised, if at all, with that choice, and how much it might affect anything on the field. I know that's been talked about quite a bit this week, but, hey, it's still Wednesday, and like I said, there's really no meaningful football for a couple of weeks left, so I'm going to milk that one for all it's worth. But as for the team... Overall, I don't know about you. I'm going to lay this out there. This is how I felt about this team this year. Until maybe two weeks ago or maybe three weeks ago, it felt like quite the disappointing season, even though they were right at the top of the AFC North, even though they're putting themselves in a position to challenge the Patriots for the top overall seed in the AFC. And they're right there. Yes, they'll need some help from the Jets. Good luck with that this weekend. But they could still very well get the top seed. They could get home field all the way through the AFC playoffs if they do defeat the Browns this weekend. So mission accomplished in so many ways, isn't it, this year? But I've had to come to terms since right around Thanksgiving, maybe, that game where they uh, they blew out the Titans and the offense finally looked like the offense we thought we would see this year. I've had to shift my perception. For a while, I was preparing myself for a disappointing ending to this season. But at 12-3 and and with the offense playing better, even without Antonio Brown, um, for the past, well, basically two weeks, maybe a week and a half as he went out near halftime of that Patriots loss. But this is, uh, in a lot of ways, the team that we thought we'd see. And I know Ryan Shazier, in all likelihood, is not coming back, and we wish him the best on and off the field, of course. But the defense with Joe Hayden returning to the fold, I would be optimistic about their chances to shut down any passing offense in the playoffs. And just the general trajectory of this team. Um, I've had to accept that this is indeed a prime Super Bowl contender, and this is a team with a chance, and a team that played the Patriots toe-to-toe a couple of weeks ago at home. I realize if they play them again, most likely it's going to be in Foxborough, but I don't see that as being that big of a deal. I I think the the coaches have made some adjustments from the last time they saw the Patriots in a playoff scenario. I think the, the players are better for the most part with the exception of, well, maybe even Ben Roethlisberger, you could say, has gotten better over the course of this season. He was looking old and and maybe at the point of thinking about retirement seriously about halfway through, but since then, he's looked good as well. So they have injuries, of course. Every NFL team does. Uh, But I have a hard time picking anybody over them, maybe just the Pats by a hair, to go to the Super Bowl. And I mentioned I went to go see Star Wars last night, and um, I won't spoil anything for you if you haven't seen it yet, if you're a big Star Wars fan. If you're not, just bear with me for the next minute or so as I belabor the analogy. But if you've read some of the reviews, people have said, well, it didn't match my expectations. It didn't answer a lot of the questions that I wanted answered from the previous edition in the, well, this trilogy, this Disney Star Wars trilogy, if you will. But at the same time, I've also seen plenty of reviews, and my personal review was it was entertaining as hell, and I really enjoyed myself for two and a half hours. And isn't that the goal of a movie? Whether you have perceptions or you have expectations, is it to have a good time? And I think it is. That's the reason that you go to a movie. That's the reason that you watch your favorite football team to make that connection. And, hey, the Steelers and Star Wars got going in the 70s, so there is a connection there, too. They're institutions in their respective realms, and... Even if this Steelers team didn't match your expectations, at least not right of the way, it didn't match mine. I was thinking 30 points a game. I bought into that hype big time, and I thought it was justified. I thought with Martavis Bryant coming back, with Antonio Brown at the height of his powers, with Le'Veon Bell, 
in the prime of his career. And with Roethlisberger, I believe, still good enough to uh, play the point guard, as we've heard talked about this year. Uh, with regards to uh, the quarterback's coach, Randy Feigner, he brought that up a few weeks back. And I think that's a good analogy for what the Steelers need Ben Roethlisberger to be. Yeah, make some plays down the field, but also just get the ball in the hands of your big-time playmakers. So I thought we would see that throughout the year. I thought these games would be dominant. And as you know, if you followed this team, most of these games were not dominant. They had to edge the Browns week one by three on the road. Maybe that should have prepared us for something more of a, of a difficult path, more of a, uh, of a path strewn with obstacles. The loss to the Bears in Week 3, um, going down to the Jaguars by 21 points at home. They dominated the Chiefs, but only beat them by 6 on the road. The Lions edged them by 5. The Colts, that was the game where I thought, okay, this team is going to be um, and also ran in the AFC. They have no chance of beating the Patriots. When they were trailing at Indianapolis against an Andrew Luckless team and uh, appeared to be a borderline playoff team at that point for me, and I know that they were still leading the division at the time, but from the look of the team, from the way they were performing, I don't think it was out of line to say that, that they were um, on the downfall. They were on the decline in the big-time, the, the big-picture competitive arc of this team over the past few years. I thought it was still going up. After that game against the Colts, I was ready to write them off. But then 40 points against the Titans. Yes, they played the Packers close, but big plays down the stretch helped win that game at home. They edged the Bengals on the road. That's always a tough one these days. And without Ryan Shazier, think about the mental toughness it took to persevere there. And the Ravens, always difficult. You beat them by one at home. The average margin of victory has not been impressive this year. And uh, you could argue, I would argue, they were robbed of a, of a potential win or at least an overtime game against the Patriots on home field. But seeing them go down to Houston on Christmas Day can't be easy to play on a day like that just after losing to the Pats in heartbreaking fashion, in infuriating fashion, in your, if you're in that locker room. And to deliver that workmanlike performance, I think that was uh, such a positive bellwether for this team no matter what happens against the Browns this weekend. Going into the playoffs and knowing that you can go on the road, you can destroy a team that you should destroy in the Texans, that's what I thought we would see this year from the Steelers. And perhaps I expected too much. It is the NFL, and I think it tends to be the most unpredictable of our sports because of just how few times they play. There's only 16 chances to get a look at them and a couple of bad breaks one way or the other, as we saw against the Pats and it can make you look a lot worse, at least in the standings and in the wins and the losses. But if they win this weekend, which I think they should, they go to 13-3. and three. I think, first of all, you've got to give them a hand for fighting through all this drama, both self-inflicted and uh, also brought on them from the outside. You think back to, the, uh, to week three and uh, the way the National Anthem protest situation played out with them and having a, an actual Army veteran on their team, that put them in the spotlight for sure. Uh, no matter how you may believe uh, that they should have handled that situation, a lot of it wasn't their fault. Most of it wasn't their fault. They were thrust into this spot. And much like Mike Sullivan said about the Penguins visiting the White House at the time, this is not a situation that you're used to handling, even if you are a public figure in the sporting realm. Uh, I think we saw that across all sports, but especially in the NFL. And you had Ben Roethlisberger underperforming. You had the defense struggling with a lot of young players and perhaps some that weren't developing as quickly as you hoped. You had the Ryan Chazier injury, as I mentioned. So even though this team hasn't looked like the juggernaut Steelers that I believed and a lot of us believed would be on the field more often than not this season, 
here they are, and they got to the end of the year, and like I said, with Star Wars last night, yeah, I was expecting some different things. It didn't quite feel like uh, the same uh, genre of film, the same universe that we've enjoyed, that I've enjoyed as a Star Wars fan over the years. I'm sure for you, it didn't feel like the same type of Steelers team that you have enjoyed over the years. It didn't feel like the type of team that you believed you would see this year. But here you are, and I don't think that uh, any of us can look at the Steelers' body of work and uh, say that it's been disappointing to this point. And you know what? I should have known better. I should have known that they were due to eventually come out of it. And I say that because if you looked at the underlying metrics, yards per play, there's a great uh, advanced metric in football that I love to look at from the folks at Football Outsiders. It's called Defense Adjusted Value Over Average. It just measures efficiency. It measures how successful you are on a per-play basis, whether that be getting a first down or getting a nice chunk on first down or doing the opposite on the defensive side. The Steelers were always right up there in the top ten, if not the top five, in both offense and defense all year. So they were underperforming in terms of putting points on the scoreboard and in terms of keeping points off the scoreboard, but they were still playing pretty well, all things considered. And you could argue it came down to focus, maybe just um, good luck catching up to them finally, maybe getting what they had deserved earlier in the season. Perhaps there was something in the locker room from the coaching standpoint that they needed to get worked out. It's all in the realm of the intangible. It's hard to say exactly what held this team back from, uh, from being the, the type of team that could contend for a Super Bowl, but they have made it to this point. And I have to say, mea culpa, I have to say I apologize to the Steelers if they care at all, which I know they don't, but I was definitely a doubter. In midseason, I was a doubter right around Thanksgiving break, but about a month and a half later, we're at the end of the season, and they're right where they need to be when it all comes down to it. And they get the all-important first-round bye, which... Depending on what happens, you know, some years it's more important than others. But in football, in a sport that takes such a toll on the body, that is the most important accomplishment. Not, in my mind, home field advantage. If they get it, it's a bonus. They will have that first game at home at the very least. And then they can go from there. They'll be favored in that game. And then I think we all hope that they get the Patriots again. Don't we wish that? I think the nation was enthralled by that first matchup a couple of weeks ago. I know I was. It felt bigger than a regular season game to see those two teams go toe-to-toe with great records right at the top of the conference late in the season to have the game be as unbelievable as it was and just forget about the Jesse James play and wiping out that uh, what could have easily been called a touchdown. It was an incredible game. And if we get that in the AFC Championship, then I think that's all you can ask for as a Steelers fan. Around here, yes, the standard is the championship and the standard is the standard, as the coach likes to say. But when you're playing the Patriots, I think you have to manage expectations, at least in that way. So there you have it. The season in microcosm for the Steelers. Plenty of drama, but the results have come. And um, in, the, in the realm of sports, <laughs> you can't expect, for, can't expect perfect. And I'll continue to try to learn that uh, as I go forward as uh, someone working here in the media or just someone who loves to watch the games, loves to watch football, loves to watch Hockey likes to watch baseball. It's, uh, it's all a similar thing. You can have a framework, and then you adjust as reality occurs, as you get those results and you see exactly what type of team might be on the field in a given year. We're going to take a break here on ESPN Pittsburgh. This is the Adam Crowley Show. I am Matt Geica from DKPittsburghSports.com. When we come back, the namesake of the show himself, Adam Crowley, will be joining us to talk more about the Steelers, to discuss 
where they are, where they stand, and what we can expect from them now as we've seen 15 games. And uh, also, yeah, we will talk about whether they should play the starters against the Browns. This is ESPN Pittsburgh. Take us with you wherever you go. ESPN Pittsburgh is on the iHeartRadio app. Anywhere, anytime, and always free. ESPN Pittsburgh, an iHeartRadio station. This is the Adam Crowley Show. Oh, no, 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 no. On ESPN Pittsburgh, the iHeartRadio app. Coming to you from the Terrace on 5th above Buford's Kitchen, right across the street from PPG Paints Arena, where later this evening the Penguins will take on the Blue Jackets. This is ESPN Pittsburgh. You're listening to the Adam Crowley Show, but I am not Adam Crowley. He'll be joining me in just a moment. He'll be calling into his own show. That's a little surreal, isn't it? I'm Matt Geico, guest hosting. I am a Penguins reporter, well, all-around analyst, though, at DKPittsburghSports.com. And as a result, we're making this an all-around type of show. We're starting with Steelers, 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 as you might imagine. The James Harrison saga continues on with reaction from the Steelers' locker room. Marquise Pouncey especially critical of Harrison. And uh, we'll get you that audio about two minutes' worth, in fact, in just a few minutes. But uh, there was also a tweet fired off. Yes, let's go to the tweets. Bud Dupree, not the most talkative man in that locker room at all, really a soft-spoken kind of dude, but he said, everybody acting like Debo a victim. Y'all need to fall off a cliff or get the facts. Okay. Well, we know where Bud stands on James Harrison, Debo, as he's known, to the New England Patriots. Well, we haven't lost Adam Crowley to the Patriots or New England, but he is out of his usual spot here from the, uh, the terrace on 5th. Adam, how are things going? And thank you for joining your own show. Yeah, man. Uh, thanks a lot for filling in. My mom in the hospital right now. Uh, right now, in fact, under the knife. She's going to be Jeez. okay. But you got to do the family thing here. Uh, and I'm happy that I could step away because my aunt and my sister were being obnoxiously loud in the <laughs> waiting room. And that made me incredibly uncomfortable. So now I'm standing outside in the cold, but I'd rather be here than in there. Well, we'll, uh, we'll try to keep it as, as brisk as possible. I know you're already suffering right there outside but well yeah you sound like um what well, sounds like my experience with uh, being in the hospital my family's always being loud and <laughs> basically drowning everybody else in the, uh, in the waiting room out anyway you just heard the tweet from uh, bud dupree saying that um debo is not a victim you uh, may have also heard that marquise pouncey said his mind was blown by harrison going to the patriots should we be surprised that the Steelers are this surprised that the the nature of the business turned out this way? I don't think that they should be surprised that he left to go to a good situation uh, after being kicked to the curb by the Steelers. It sounds like in their mind, however, though, he wasn't kicked to the curb. He might have forced his way out, and I think mm -hmm. that's probably what makes them feel so uneasy right now. Let me read between the lines here for just a moment. If Pouncey's ripping them, if Bud Dupree is laughing at the notion that James Harrison was a good teammate and a role model, then I think we know that James Harrison wasn't exactly the greatest of guy this year. I know Dale Lawley from DKPittsburghSports.com a couple of weeks ago reported because he talked to James that James said he wouldn't have come back here if he had known that he was going to play so sparingly. So I love the fire from the Steelers. It just adds some more fuel now to that Steelers-Patriots rivalry. And, you know, frankly, James Harrison's being a big baby. 
He really is. <laughs> if he was upset about his playing time here, then he doesn't really understand the business side of things either. He was retained this offseason, brought back in last year because the Steelers didn't have a lot of depth. Well, Bud Dupree has played fairly well, and T.J. Watt has been very good. So, hey, it shouldn't be a surprise that he's not getting the playing time. And for a guy who's so tough, who's always saying, oh, I'm the tough guy, I don't like participation trophies, (laughs) man, what a little snowflake. It sure seems like it, doesn't it? Well, maybe he'll just post another Instagram video of him pushing uh, a truck around the parking lot, or I don't know. <laughs> it's not the only thing he's pushing around, because he's not going to play. I mean, he might play a little bit in New England. Uh, he only had 40 snaps here, so he has to put videos up of him pushing sleds and pushing trucks, because he wasn't pushing any offensive linemen around, that's for sure. Well, like I said, more on that a little bit later in this hour. We will play you the full Marquise Pouncey audio, which is highly entertaining, so I suggest you stick around for that. My first segment here on the show today, Adam, was addressing the Steelers just generally and how I had to make a, an adjustment mentally. I thought for the longest time this was going to be an underachieving team, that they were going to disappoint in the end. And it was almost like, even though I started to see some results come, like that blowout win over Tennessee where the offense came alive, um, it, it took me a little while to adjust to the fact that, okay, they're where they were supposed to be or where we thought they would be at this point in the season. Did you go through a similar thing here, or were you always of the mind that uh, this team was better than what it was playing and then it was going to eventually get its stuff together? I was afraid for the Steelers' sake that they were never going to put it together because the offense wasn't playing well. And when you spend as much money as they have at putting the offense together, you better have it perform. I think a lot of that falls on the quarterback, there's no question. Since he's been good, the Steelers' offense has not been just good. They've been great. So uh, that was what concerned me the most in the beginning portion of the season. And now we see that Antonio Brown is, well, he's been great all year long, but he's been better since Ben's been better. Le'Veon Bell has ratcheted things up. He's sitting more around four and a half yards per carry in recent weeks as opposed to the 3.6, 3.9 we were seeing early in the season. And, you know, don't look now. They should have beat the Patriots. Uh, In some people's minds, they did beat the Patriots. So they played well enough in that game, at least going toe-to-toe with the NFL's best. They just blew out Houston. I know Houston's terrible, but we weren't seeing the Steelers blow anybody out in the early portion of the season. I think they're playing their best football right now. And, Matt, I'm not saying that I'll pick the Steelers to beat the Patriots if they go to Foxborough, but I'm saying it's at least 50-50. I think they've got a really good shot, and I think they're the second-best team in the National Football League, and I think they're right there with New England, who I think is the best team in the league. I'm right with you on that, as I said, to open the show. Now, with the return of Joe Hayden, how big of a deal is that? Because I don't think I appreciated how much glue he was applying to that Steelers secondary until he went out with a broken fibula, and he might not be at 100% until the springtime, but at the very least, he's back there to help provide some guidance, and, and the guy can still play football really well, by the way. Yeah, no kidding. And there's something to getting a guy back who's better than the guys that you have. And if he's not 100%, so be it. But he's better than some of the guys they do have, Cody Sensabaugh being one, whenever Cody Sensabaugh is 100%. I like the Steelers' game plan to have Joe Hayden shadow uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, Because to me, if you can shadow DeAndre Hopkins, then maybe, just maybe, you can be part of the scheme in terms of slowing down Rob Gronkowski. Uh, I think that this is such a huge addition back to the Steelers. 
really cool, if you will, of Mike Tomlin to trust that Joe Hayden would be able to come back and not just merely place him on the IR when he went down. Uh, perhaps that was the smart move all along, but I think it also shows the importance of Joe Hayden, who was great coming off of injury against, as Mike Tomlin said in the pregame show on Sunday, the second-best receiver in the game. No doubt about it. He looked about as good as you could expect of a man in that situation. Do you think the, the home field advantage is as big of a deal as the first round by? I know that the Steelers have talked about this endlessly since the start of the season, and I give them credit. They wanted to get that top seed. They weren't just talking about, well, win the division and then we'll go from there. They were very upfront about their desire to be the number one team in the uh, in the conference going into the playoffs. They probably won't get there if we can be honest about the, the situation coming up this weekend. But to get the bye for me feels more significant. What say you on that topic? Yeah, I think bye is more important than home field. The Steelers the last couple of years haven't played well on the road, I suppose, in the playoffs. But I think the bigger issue has been that they've been banged up. You go back a couple of years ago and you had – Ben Tate coming off the street to fill in for <laughs> Le'Veon Bell. Yes. <laughs> so they lost to the Ravens. Uh, you then had last year uh, Le'Veon Bell go down. Uh, you've had injuries with Cam Hayward and Stephon Tewitt being a little bit mixed up last year. Uh, then you consider uh, two years ago when in Denver the Steelers didn't have Le'Veon Bell also didn't have Antonio Brown, and all the attrition of a 16-game schedule plus that wild-card round can be a burden on the body, can be a burden on the mind, and obviously if you get home field advantage, you also get the bye, but I think the bye is more important because you allow yourselves to get healthy. No one in the middle part of the season ever, ever says, oh, there's going to be rust. Oh, it's going to be a huge deal. No, everyone always says we really need this stinking buy right now. Steelers need to stinking buy, and they got it. And, <laughs> hey, this time around, if they didn't get the buy, maybe Antonio Brown doesn't play. It sounds like he will play because they're not going to have to play that first week. What do you need to see, if anything, against an 0-15 Browns team this weekend to uh, believe this team is continuing on the right track? Is there anything at all that you can glean from what's coming up here on Sunday? No, I don't think so. What I want to see is Anthony Ciccolo and Arthur Motes start at outside linebacker and just destroy Deshaun Kaiser and rack up all kinds of statistics, statistics that would have gone to James Harrison, but now don't get to go to James Harrison because James Harrison was a big old baby, even though he's supposed to be the tough guy. I realize I brought it back to James Harrison, but here's the thing. I'm irritated when people pretend to be one thing and then are actually another thing. And James Harrison is the guy who wears the sweatsuit, and he wears his big old vest, his weighted vest, and it's 100 degrees outside, and he's running around, he's trying to sweat. And inside, he's just a big baby. He couldn't stand the fact that other players came in and could be more successful in this Steelers scheme than he could. And, man, I just can't wait to fast forward now. Uh, to New England. I really hope both teams take care of business. Uh, I think both teams will take care of business. And I know that doesn't answer your question, but I don't care. <laughs> I, wanna, I, I just I want to I want to fast forward to the end of January. Well, so do I. That's why I'm trying to find any kind of uh, occupation in this week's game that we can right. <laughs> focus on for one or two <laughs> minutes. It's really tough, though. I, I actually hope that the Browns go 0-16 because that's what they need, really. They need to have a parade up there. And uh, I've heard they are planning some sort of a parade if they do go 
0-16. And I, I forget there's a corporate sponsor, and they've got the whole thing set up. So if ever a team deserved to have one of those seasons on their on their permanent records, it would be the Cleveland Browns. All right, Adam, it's your show, so we're going to get a little bit goofy here, if you don't mind. And, oh, no. Uh, yeah, take your mind off of what's going on there. Well, first of all, are you a Star Wars fan? Do you like Star Wars? Hell yeah, I like Star Wars. Have you seen this one, The Last I Jedi? I have not. I have not oh. seen it yet. Oh, man, I was going to discuss it with you. All right. You can ruin the ending, though, if you want to, and we can get my reaction. <laughs> it is, well, I don't know if I want to do that to you, but let's just say that Mark Hamill will have a lot more free time um, going into the near future here. Oh, no. Sorry to say, sorry to say. Oh, no. Well, can he tune in and tap into the powers of the Force and, and become like a zombie, kind of like Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon and, and Yoda? And Yoda, yeah. Well, I will I mean, spoil this. Yoda shows up, so he he makes an appearance in Star Wars CGI Episode Yoda, Eight. Or is it Puppet Yoda? <laughs> it looked like Puppet Yoda to me. It looked like a real legit like Muppet that they just had <laughs> slightly blurred out. You know, with that look that that you got from all the guys you mentioned who check in from time to time in the Jedi world. So yeah, Luke will be around, but yeah, well, I guess I spoiled it for everybody who's trying to to check it out. But it's been about a week and a half since it came out, so I don't feel so bad. Yeah, I think spoilers at this point are out the window. All right. Hey, one last thing. We're going to be talking hockey later in the uh, in the show. Are the Jackets a rival for you, for the Penguins? Because it's starting to feel like that, isn't it? I think so. Uh, I think that even though they haven't beat the Penguins in the playoffs, they've pushed the Penguins a couple of times in the playoffs. And they've got John Tortorella, which will rub you the wrong way. Uh, they've got a number of other players that are going to piss you off, Brandon Dubinsky being another one. And whenever they do, and they eventually will, beat the Penguins in the playoffs, they're not going to let Penguins fans or the Penguins live it down. So if you're a Penguins fan, you should consider Columbus' arrival. The Penguins certainly do. Malkin said the last time they played that they hate these guys. Yep. Uh, you, you, you don't want to ever give them that opportunity. You always want to have your foot on their throat, which I guess maybe now if we're thinking about it, maybe that's why you should want to see the Steelers make sure the Browns are 0-16. You never want to give them anything <laughs> to talk about because as a West Virginia guy who had to live through 13-9, everything <laughs> that Pitt has done since then has been nothing. West Virginia has at least had some success in both sports since then, but all you ever get is 13-9. Never give the rival a nugget. Ever, ever, ever. Especially if they're from Ohio, too. No one likes Ohio, if we no, can just Ohio be honest. This, does this signal reach Ohio? I don't think it does. I don't think it does. So I don't think it reaches Green Street. <laughs> hey, I would get it in Weirton, West Virginia occasionally when I was a kid. I know that much. Somehow, it would make it all the way to, uh, well, almost heaven. Thanks a lot, Adam. I appreciate <laughs> the time. On your own show, like I said, a little weird, but hey. Happy to help you out today, and all the best wishes to your mom. Yeah, dude, I uh, really appreciate you helping out, man. Uh, seriously, uh, it's a big help, and um, now I'm going to go and hear my aunt talk my ear off. <laughs> Enjoy, sir. That's Adam Crowley, and this is the Adam Crowley Show, but I am Matt Geica filling in for Adam Crowley. Keep all that straight. When we return on ESPN Pittsburgh, we're going to play for you that Marquise Pouncey audio we've hyped up a couple of times, and just generally my thoughts on the Harrison situation. You heard Adam's thoughts. You're going to get mine on the other side of this break from Terrace on 5th above Buford's Kitchen. Covering the Penguins on and off the ice. Your home of the Pens, ESPN Pittsburgh. This is the 
Adam Crowley Show. Oh, I like him. <laughs> He's a handsome guy. ESPN Pittsburgh, 970 AM and 106.3 FM. Coming to you live from Terrace on 5th. Above Buford's Kitchen here on 5th Avenue, of course, just across the street from PPG Paints Arena. This is the Adam Crowley Show, but this is not Adam Crowley. I am Matt Geica filling in for the titular host here on ESPN Pittsburgh. And a reminder, you can call in to join the conversation. Area code 412-922-2874. I'm sure you might have some reactions to the Steelers' reactions to James Harrison. Moving on, he was released by the team on Saturday and signed a one-year contract with the Patriots. That sounds weird. It's uh, a few weeks is what it will amount to at the most if the Pats go all the way to the Super Bowl again. And please, football gods, grant us a Steelers-Patriots AFC Championship game. I thought that before this. I think this even more so now. And the Steelers locker room, well, uh, Stephon Tuitt gave us a little bit of a preview of what was going to happen today. Uh, to our Dale Lolly on Steelers Nation Radio. We can do a little cross-promotion here. Dale Lolly, our Steelers beat reporter on DKPittsburghSports.com, in addition to a host on SNR. And two had said that the team was going to get together. They were going to talk about why James Harrison was released and uh, why he didn't end up re-signing with the Steelers. Apparently, the Steelers reached out after they released him to see if he'd be interested in coming back into the fold if the roster situation changed. But, of course... Debo had other plans, and now he's taking selfies with Tom Brady. So what a world we live in (laughs) these days. If you're shocked, I can imagine that there were several in that Steelers room that share your emotion. One of those is the center, Marquise Pouncey. And if you've heard Marquise talk in the past, he's usually very forthright. He did not disappoint here. Here's two solid minutes that doesn't drag at all. Pouncey on Harrison going to the pass. So are you more surprised he was let go in the first place, or are you more surprised that he went to New England? No, I'm, I mean, he wanted that. It wasn't like the team said, oh, we're going to let go James Harrison. James Harrison wanted that. He wanted out? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny to read the stories like, like this is something that he wanted to do, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like, no, they got together and said, oh, we're going to go cut James. Like, no, that's not what happened. And he needs to come out and admit that. And that's, that's coming from your experiences talking to him, or I mean, like, directly from him? It's coming from what I know. Okay. You've been all year, pretty much? No, this team's so mature. And, like, small stuff like that, man, we deal with so many different things. That's nothing, you know what I'm saying? But, like, if you didn't want to be here, just come out and say it. Don't make it look like the team, like it's the team fault and the organization. Like, you think the team, the organization want to get rid of James Harrison? Like, let's be serious. Come on now. Because Mike, Mike was really delicate about answering his questions with us yesterday. Like, he didn't want to make it look like the team did something. Conversations private is what you said. Yeah, the team didn't do anything. Do, would you compare that to the Garrett Blunt situation? No, the Garrett Blunt wasn't here long enough to compare that. It's only a different situation. But we kind of forced this way out, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe. His is a little bit differently, more everyone's seen it, I guess. So it's a little different, but honestly, I mean, honestly, just, I mean, uh, trust me, if I wanted out, I wouldn't let the team take the blame for it. I'll tell you, I, I don't want to be that. I want to be gone. I want to go somewhere else and play differently. I want to go start somewhere else. I, uh, that's me as a man. Like that, that's what I would do. I'm not gonna run it from there and say, "Oh, the team played me. I want to get cut." Like, no, that's not what that's not what it was. I'm glad the team didn't respect me like that. But like, we're gonna speak the truth. It is what it is. 
What kind of impact does that potentially have on the Patriots Steelers next time? He's playing it is what it is. Yeah. Can he help them tell them stuff about you guys? What are you going to tell them? The line slides left, the line slides right. Like, I mean, that's common sense. So there you have it, a wide-ranging scrum, media scrum, as we like to call it, in the Steelers' locker room. Marquise Pouncey going all in on James Harrison, essentially being a hypocrite, right? That's what I'm hearing there when he talks about how Harrison positioned it as being the team's fault or the team pushing him out. Pouncey's perspective is that Harrison wanted out, and this was exactly the type of scenario that he envisioned, going to another team that has another chance to win a championship, as the Patriots do. And from that side of it, I understand totally. The transaction itself shouldn't really shock anybody. The Patriots maybe have the worst defense in the league, despite being uh, one of the best teams in the NFL. They've been playing a little bit better lately, but... They had a spot open. They certainly don't have a ton of guys who are above being bumped to the side or bumped into a part-time role who are currently starting for them. So you get James Harrison, maybe you throw him out there for a few snaps in the finale here against the Jets if you're the Pats, and then you see if he can contribute. It's not really that much of a loss. And from the Steelers' side of it, yeah, you're, uh, you're getting back Marcus Gilbert, so you had to drop someone off the roster. And to be quite honest, folks, this year, I forgot that James Harrison was even on the Steelers. If they didn't show him on the sideline in the sweatsuit, then I would not have remembered at all that uh, number 92 was still with the team. And he is no longer the player he once was. We could argue that he shouldn't really be an NFL player anymore if he couldn't stick with the Steelers. They have a pretty good defense. We'll see if he makes any kind of impact with the Pats. I kind of doubt it with how much inactivity he's had. There is culpability on both sides. The team probably could have uh, found a way to get him a little bit more uh, in terms of playing time. If they wanted him to stick around, they have to also expect that he's a proud guy. Of all people, he's a proud guy, and he's going to want to try to find an opportunity if it's not working out, and that's exactly what has happened here. But much like Adam Crowley discussed in our previous segment, many of the Steelers, including Marquise Pouncey, upset with how Debo is positioning this whole thing, that it uh, was pushed by the team and that just because he's an old guy, that's why they didn't play him. Well, when you say that, then you're not giving credit to players like Anthony Ciccolo or Arthur Motes at the outside linebacker spot when he plays there, or T.J. Watt, of course, for being as good as they have been this season, especially T.J. Watt. That was the difference maker, right? Because coming into the year, I think we all imagined that James Harrison would get the majority of the snaps or at least a decent share of the snaps as T.J. Watt got acclimated to the NFL. But Watt was ahead of the curve, and uh, the, the defense from the linebacker spot was pretty solid. There wasn't that much of a need. Bud Dupree was uh, was doing well, too, in his role, dropping more into pass coverage. He wasn't racking up the sacks, don't get me wrong, but the Steelers perhaps wanted that type of a, of a, of a skill set, a, a coverage skill set, more from their outside backers in certain spots. And we all know that Harrison is a pass rusher, first and foremost, and really only at this stage of his career. So um, overall, it doesn't seem like it's going to have that big of an impact, but this being the 2017 edition of the Steelers, <laughs> there's plenty of uh, topics for people like myself on talk radio to discuss, even if they don't have that big of an impact on the field. I mentioned the national anthem situation week three with Alejandro Villanueva and how the team
So are you more surprised he was let go in the first place, or you're more surprised that he went to New England? No, I'm, I mean, he wanted that. It wasn't like the team said, oh, we're going to let go of James Harrison. James Harrison wanted that. He wanted out? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny to read the stories right. Now, this is something he wanted to do, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like, no, they got together and said, oh, we're going to go cut James. Like, no, that's not what happened. And he needs to come out and admit that. And that's, that's coming from your experiences talking to him or I mean, like, directly from him? It's coming from what I know. Okay. You've been like that all year? Pretty much. Just recently. Man, this team's so mature. And like, small stuff like that, man, we deal with so many different things. That's nothing, you know what I'm saying? But, like, if you didn't want to be here, just come out and say it. Don't make it look like the team, like it's the team fault and the organization. Like, you think the team, the organization want to get rid of James Harrison? Like, let's be serious. Come on now. Because Mike, Mike was really delicate about answering his questions with us yesterday. Like, he didn't want to make it look like the team did something. Conversations private is what he said. Yeah, the team didn't do anything. Do, would you compare that to the Garrett Blunt situation? No, the Garrett Blunt wasn't here long enough to compare that. It's only a different situation. But we kind of forced this way out, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe. This is a little bit differently, more everyone's seen it, I guess. So, a little different, but honestly, I mean, honestly, just for me, trust me, if I wanted out, I wouldn't let the team take the blame for it. I tell you, I don't, I don't want to do that. I want to be gone. I want to go somewhere else and play differently. I want to go start somewhere else. I, uh, that's me as a man. Like that, that's what I would do. I'm not gonna run in front of and say, "Oh, the team played me. I want to get cut." Like, no, that's not what that's not what it was. I'm glad the team didn't respect me like that. But like, we're gonna speak the truth. That's what it is. What kind of impact does that potentially have on the Patriots Steelers next time? He's playing it is what it is. Let's Can see. he help them? Tell them stuff about you guys. What are you gonna tell them? The line slides left, the line slides right. Like, I mean, that's common sense. We are sports. Stay up to date with us on Facebook, ESPN Radio Pittsburgh, or on Twitter, where we keep it shorter at ESPN Radio PGH.